Welcome to another episode of Policy Today, a podcast from the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Lane Strau, uh, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Emily Makings. We are recording this on August 18th, 2017. And today we're going to be talking about Emily's new special report on um, the legislature's just passed education uh, funding package legislation um, that will hopefully uh, settle the whole McCleary decision on basic funding uh, for for K-12 education. Today, uh, we're just going to focus not on the tax side, but on the, the funding and the policy side. So, Emily, why don't you take it away? Sure. So the McCleary decision was decided in 2012. Mm-hmm. So um, since the 2011-13 biennium, um, up to the current biennium, which is 2017-19, the mm-hmm. state has added 8.4 billion dollars of spending to public schools. Right. Um, which is really significant. Um, yes. That's a 62.1 percent increase, and comparatively all other state spending increased by just 22.8% over that period. Wow, that's a huge but, difference. Yeah, they, and they really focused on school spending, um, which, I mean, it's important to do that to address the decision, and they've definitely done that. Yeah. Um, and um, they plan to spend an additional $4.6 billion in the next biennium, 2019-21, to complete compliance um we hope, with McCleary. Right. And of Uh, course, this is all dependent on the state Supreme Court giving the final sign-off that that, that this uh, this satisfies the the terms of the McCleary ruling. Right. Um, So it's really, really substantial amounts of money here that we're talking about. It's not, Mm -hmm. they haven't been um, ignoring the court by any means. Right. Um, so over this time, the legislature has um, fully funded uh, pupil transportation changes, um, change increases to allocations for material supplies and operating costs. Um, K, they've reduced K three class sizes and they've implemented all day kindergarten around the state. Okay. Um, so those are elements of uh, the basic education prior basic edu- education bills um, mm-hmm. they've they funded so far. Right, and now with the the bill um, this session, EH uh, House Bill twenty two forty two, they've added uh, funding of staff salaries. So right. um, to fund these, to fund because um, under previous law, the state funded significant amounts of the of salaries, but the local districts um, added additional funds um, from their local maintenance and operation levies. And prior to McCreary, was the state had to had to take on all of that, right? That was related to basic education. Right. They could do. They can still do. Uh, the local districts can still do salary enhancements for activities that are outside of basic education, right. but the state right. has to handle all basic education uh, salaries. Right. So in order to do that, um, they are going to spend uh, 1.1 billion dollars in the current biennium. And then another $4.2 billion in 2019-21. Okay. And that will be, so half of the, so they're increasing allocations in addition to taking it all under the state umbrella. And half of the allocations, new allocations have to be funded 
um, next school year, and they have to be fully funded in school year 1920. So that's why the um, there's such a big increase in the amount of funding in the next biennium. Right. So they can, they really change how salaries are allocated in the bill. Right now, there's a salary allocation model that provides um, allocations to schools based on the level of education and years of experience that that a school's teachers have. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be eliminated. Salaries are still going to be determined locally through local bargaining, um, but basic education teacher salaries um, will be subject to new new requirements at the state level. So they'll have to be at least forty thousand dollars a year. Okay. Um, teachers who have five or more years of experience will get can um, will have to have at least ten percent more than that forty thousand. Okay. And there's a new maximum of ninety thousand dollars a year. But the maximum can be increased if you teach a, a like math or science or a few other things. Okay. And salaries will be adjusted by region and by inflation each year. So first regionally, if you work in a district where the medium home value is higher than the statewide medium, then you'll get a salary increase of either 6%, 12%, or 18%, depending on how much higher home values are in your district than they are in the state. Okay, so that'll take care of those uh, teachers who are living in the really high cost of high cost of housing areas, like the obviously the greater Seattle area. Actually, it doesn't matter where you live. If you work oh. in a district where the, like in Seattle, where the, where... Um, oh, right, yes, where you work. Okay, yeah. sorry. So you could live in Pierce County and work in Seattle, and right. um, you would get the Seattle adjustment. Not okay, the, right. That's an important distinction. Right. Um, so there's that, and that's in order. That's they legislators really wrestled with how to um, how to uh, pay teachers in such a way that it. Uh, they accounted for the cost of living in the area, you know, cost of hiring, and how mm. expensive certain areas are compared to others, and this is yeah. what they came up with. Um, so then, salaries are also going to be ingest, adjusted by inflation. Uh, right now, Initiative 732 provides a yearly COLA for cost of living adjustment for for teachers. That's um, based on the the consumer price index. Mm -hmm. It's outside of basic education. It's not always funded by the legislature. And under this bill, teachers or school staff would get an inflation increase, but it would be based on a separate, a different inflation measure, which is usually lower than CPI. Okay. Um, but it may be considered part of basic education. It's a little unclear how that'll shake out. Um, the way it's where it is in the in the revised code of Washington, it's not clear whether it's basic education or not, but it's in there. Gotcha. Um, and then also the legislature will review salaries every six years to make sure that they continue to reflect market rates. So to make sure this all this inflation is you know keeping up with that cost of actually hiring qualified staff. Because they did add um, staff salaries to the to the definition of basic education. Right. So 
Um, so they'll do that. And they, as we mentioned earlier, they will still allow supplemental contracts for teachers. So, um, but they have to be for specific enrichment activities that are specified elsewhere in the bill. Okay. So anything outside of basic, that's defined as basic education that they can receive an additional salary for funded by the local district. Right. If they're specifically, they can be for extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. extended school days or extended school year, additional course offerings beyond the minimum, um, early learning activities, and then any additional salary costs that um, are attributable to the enrichment activities. Okay. So it's a, a more defined list than it is than it was under prior law. Right. Well, that that makes sense since it's so. Um, the court has been such a stickler about what what is basic education. You obviously have to have very clear definitions so that everyone can be in compliance. Right. So, in addition to salary increase changes, um, the bill also provides three professional learning days for teachers. Okay. And it changes the way uh, health benefits are provided to school staff. So currently, local districts um, bargain. Set, they receive an allocation from the state for the um, the amount of health benefits that are going to be provided, but they bargain separately over the scope of the benefits. Okay. So, so every district could have a different insurance benefit. Right. Yeah, and, and I know this is one of the big issues that lawmakers were grappling with with the health insurance. Right, so they decided to combine all the districts so the health insurance would be provided under one school employee benefits board, which is modeled after the, the public employees benefits board, which provides uh, health insurance for the just regular public employees, state employees. Okay, interesting. So yeah. does that mean there will no longer be individual local bargaining over um, their own health benefits, that they'll all get one? Right. Health plan. Okay. That makes um, more sense. It, there will no longer be local bargaining over the scope of, of the plans. Scope of the plans. There will right. still be bargaining over the dollar amount. Okay. But that will be done just by, that will be done with the governor and one coalition of employee okay. bargaining units. So it won't be district by district anymore. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that just would have been untenable. Um, <clears throat> you know, well, if you have the state so. providing the funding yeah. and then they, if they had to have all these, I mean, how many hundreds of uh, local school districts throughout the state. Yeah, and the hope is that there will be efficiencies by combining them all and right. hopefully it'll cost less money over time without, without reducing benefits. The benefits, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that takes care of compensation, I think. Um, the bill also increases funding for out categorical programs like special education. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there are millions more dollars for, the, for all those. Um, the other interesting thing is that Initiative 1351 is still not funded. This and that's is, the one that yeah. reduces class sizes for K through 12. Right. All the way through high school. Right. And the, it was vote, approved by voters in 2014, but the mm-hmm. legislature has delayed it delayed it before this bill until um, the 2019-21 biennium. Right. This bill delays it kind of indefinitely. It says that... Um, it's no longer going to be part of basic education. Yeah. Unless, and it's made optional, so a future budget could include it. Yeah. Could fund the higher allocations, at which point it may become part of basic education. 
mm-hmm. but um, for right now it's not funded and they're going to look at alternative options going forward. Yeah, and you know, as we've noted in previous podcasts, um, first of all, when that initiative was passed, there was no funding source attached to it. And reducing class sizes from kindergarten through senior year of high school is hugely expensive. Um, And secondly, most studies show that the most uh, effective uh, grade range for reducing class sizes is K through three, and that you don't get a significant benefit after grade three. And so what the legislature has done based on those studies and just taking, you know, a fiscal reality into account is they focus their class size reduction on K through three. Right. Yeah, so that's kind of the gist of the, the policy side of, of the okay. bill. All right. Well, that um, they've done a lot of work. And now, you know, as you note in your report, um, we'll see if they've closed the book on McCleary. Um, the state has uh, filed with the Supreme Court and said we fulfilled our obligations. Obviously, the other side, um, they've made, they haven't done an official filing yet as we record this, but they have, some people have indicated, as I guess it's not a surprise that it's not enough, um, but it will be up to the court at some point. We don't know when they will rule to right. decide if this does the trick or if they're going to impose additional requirements on the state and possibly sanctions. Uh, we just we can't predict that, but that's that's those are some of the next steps. That's right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Emily, and we'll provide a link to this special report um, in the description. And just a reminder, you can listen to our podcast, of course, on our website, researchcouncil.org. Um, you can also subscribe and listen on iTunes, which is part of Apple Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, and Stitcher. So thanks for listening in, and we'll talk to you next time.